0: sorry now that I'm a little late I apologize that you had to wait It totally slipped my mind I lost all my sense of time So buy me that drink and just let me think And I'll tell you the reasons why
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Alibi, the podcast, an initiative started by Gagasan Mahasiswa Undang-Undang Sabah. Welcome to another episode of our special podcast series where we invite former members of the judiciary to share their experiences and life in the legal profession and the judiciary, starting from their time as a young lawyer till they made it to the top. I'm your host, Nadia Kazlina. Joining me today is Krista, and our very special guest, the Honorable Dato' Sri Muhammad Hishamuddin bin Muhammad Yunus. All right, so a brief introduction on Dato''s career. Dato' Sri Hishamuddin is a retired judge of the Court of Appeal who began his career in the Malaysian judicial and legal service in 1973. He started out as a magistrate and went on to serve in other capacities, including the president of Sessions Court and deputy public prosecutor. Datuk Suri was impaneled by the Asian International Arbitration Center, AIAC, as an arbitrator and was admitted as a member of the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators in the United Kingdom in 2016. Besides that, Datuk also served as a member of the Human Rights Commission of Malaysia as well as the Judicial Appointment Commission, among others. Alright, Krista, uh, you may start off the questions
2: all right hello i'm krista jita your calls for this episode so to start off uh, i would like to ask dato sri so dato sri could you tell us a little bit about your background like where is your hometown and what was it like growing up there
3: right i come from a small town in the state of negris milan it is called gemas yeah are you okay. familiar you can uh, check out on, on, uh, on the map, where gummas is. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the city of Negus Milan, is at, at the southern tip. It is, in fact, a town in Nagis Milan, but near to the border of Johor. It's a small town, and it is a railway town. Yeah. And um, there's nothing much there when I was small, and life centers on the railway station. Um from Gamas you can take a train right north until Padangasa for least and then into, into Thailand, or you can take a train south right until Johor Baru and into Singapore. Also, from Gamas, and Gamas is the only uh, railway station from where you can take a railway line to the east coast of Sumanjou eh, to, uh, to Pahang and Kelantan. Kelantan until the last months uh, and after that you will enter into uh, Golo in southern Thailand. My father is a railway officer. My mom is a housewife. I have two sisters and a brother, and I'm second in the family. I had my primary schooling in Gamas. Uh, it is a cosmopolitan town racially well-mixed and have friends of all races. Then, eh? Malays, Chinese, Indian, and Erosians. Among uh, childhood memories is, you know, playing football with friends in the evening at the railway Padang It's very near to the house. And, And everyone is free to join the game and to be on any side of the mesh, yeah. It's not necessarily 11 a side. Normally, it's more than 11 a side. So, and and when um, I feel thirsty, I would go to the railway club attached to the Padang and the Bali served there uh, was delicious. I think it's about just a 10 cents a glass. And uh, during kite flying season, we would fly kites at the Padang. During school holidays, I would go back to Kampong. Uh, my Kampong is at a small town called Johol. It's not Johor, not Johor. it's Johol, J-O-S-O-L. It's about, it's about, let's say, it's about uh two hours those days, uh, those days winding road, uh, no highway. It's about two hours drive from Gamas to Johol. And um I say there for about two, one two weeks to be with my grandmother and grandfather. They would pamper me and what a couple I Spend my time fishing in the paddy fields, catching fishes like Ikan Harwan, uh, Ikan sambilang, and Fiu, and, and that sort. Yeah. That's some of my childhood and my childhood memories.
2: Oh, I see. All right. So uh, did you have a favorite hobby as a child? Since you have mentioned that uh, you have done so many activities back in the Greece right?
3: Well, I developed a favorite hobby when I, I was in secondary school. And that hobby was playing with model aeroplanes. Mm-hmm. Another one that, uh, with engines, you know. And those days, it's, it's not remote control. Today, uh, aeroplane is remote control, aeroplanes. Those days, um, you are fixed to the plane with, with uh, a line you control. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh with the line can make it go up, go down, and that's all. And you have to, uh, the, the the plane uh, will just go around you in, in, in a circle and all that, yeah. Uh, uh, that was my, my favorite hobby then, yeah.
1: Uh, all right, uh, thank you, Dato. Uh, it's very interesting that that's your hobby. So then how did you discover the path of legal profession then if your hobby at the time, it was more uh, about Airplane, or is that just a side hobby and is law something that you've always wanted to do during your high school life?
3: Not not really. Mm-hmm. Not really. Yeah? Mm. My late grandfather was a magistrate. Yeah? And oh, as a, a schoolboy, I used to watch him conducting cases at the mm-hmm. magistrate court. is a small court, wooden court. Eh? It's a closed court. My grandfather mm. would come uh, only when uh, to try the cases at the court only when my grandfather comes from Sermban to the court only then the court will be open otherwise we will close it. I think it's, uh, the hearing is just once in two months something or once a month something like that. So um, I wish to as a schoolboy I wish to watch my grandfather conducting his, his cases and, uh, and then uh, lunch hour my grandfather On that day, when my grandfather comes to Gamas to to hear cases, my mother will cook something special.
1: Yeah. Oh, what what, what was that? Do you mind sharing with us?
3: Lunch hour, my grandfather will come to our house, Mm -hmm. bringing along his uh, uh, court interpreters and have lunch Mm -hmm. at our house. So I suppose um, seeing my grandfather conducting cases, I think uh, perhaps that could have some influence on me. Yeah. Mm, I see. Like low, yeah. Okay. Oh, so, mm-hmm. uh, then uh later on after my sixth form, sixth form, mm-hmm. you all do form six or a levels?
1: Huh? Form six? Uh no, I did a levels. Uh Krista,
2: yeah. did you do A levels? No, no, I did foundation. Yeah. Ah,
1: uh, I see. Uh other topics continue. Uh what did you do in form six? Were you in art stream let, or let science a, stream?
3: Uh, uh let uh those tests. No A levels, no foundation that do so. I see uh, all of us will have to go to sixth form, yeah. Yeah,
1: Mm, okay. Uh,
3: So, I was in form six arts, no Mm. science, only science and arts. I I was in form six, uh, six form arts, and after completing my sixth form, you know, I got the HSC and high school certificate, Cambridge, Cambridge, Mm -hmm. highest school certificate a government ordered me a scholarship to study law at the London School of Economics and Political Science, University of London.
1: Wow. Also, it was a scholarship given to you or did you choose the degree itself?
3: I choose. Ah, I, choose,
1: I see.
3: Yes. But uh, to be honest, law mm-hmm. or was not the, the only degree that I, uh, scholarship that I applied. I also applied. Ah, I see. Uh, mm-hmm. Anthropology and all that. Yeah. yeah. But, oh. but I, I wasn't successful in in, in the other uh, applications, but mm-hmm. I was successful in my application for law. I must con- confess, so why mm-hmm. did I apply to do law? It, it wasn't that, that I, I, you know, really 100% on the team. I see. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I applied, uh, applied for law because if you are successful. You will go overseas because there is no law faculty locally.
1: Ah, yeah. Or during the time, is it? Yes, no, no mm. law faculty.
3: So if you're successful, you go overseas. And I was keen to go to the United Kingdom then, you know, to go overseas then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I see. Okay. But uh, then after you started uni, do you have any fond memories that you would like to share with us during your time there?
3: Yes. I remember that I was on the LSC. My, I call it LSC, yeah? University LSC, Temple Tennis Team. And we mm-hmm. played matches with other colleges of London universities. I remember working with various jobs yeah, during the long summer holidays and making new friends and earning money. Mm-hmm. I remember fondly hitchhiking with a varsity classmate to Europe. We covered Ooh. Belgium, Holland, Germany, Switzerland, Italy, and France. Mm-hmm. I remember sleeping in our sleeping bags on a pavement in Milan. Uh, Milan is in North Italy. Eh? Mm-hmm. Only to be awakened by a group of local youth who, did who, did who didn't harm us, but just wanted one <laughs> thing to know us better. Uh, they were friendly, yeah. They were fr- friendly, mm. mm-hmm. and uh, after just a, a few uh, minutes of chit chat, they just left us. Eh? After being away from London for about three weeks, you know, three weeks, uh, I was sort of homesick. Not homesick then here, I mean is not so much uh, homesick uh, about my kampung, yeah, but my mm-hmm. my hometown in gamas no homesick. Then was London sick. Oh wow. <laughs> Why is that? So? London six. I wanted to go back to London, a place where I'm familiar again. So yeah. uh, we took the train back to Paris the following day. So stay on to Paris, yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: Uh Krista, do you wow. want to continue with the questions? Yes, uh Data yeah, I just like to ask, like during your university time right do you have any least favorite thing about studying law
3: yeah okay um my lecturers my lecturers i'm very indebted to them yeah the way they taught me law is very inspiring and uh, they made me love the subject yeah yes make me love uh learning law but if you talk about least aspiring, I think English land law is very tough. Oh, English land law. <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh
2: okay. So what was your biggest motivation or inspiration during law school?
3: was a combination of various sectors, yeah. First, the English legal history, English legal history, for example the life, history of Chief Justice Cook, who was a a courageous judge and was not afraid to tell the king what the law is without fear or favor. In fact, Chief Justice Cook was dismissed by the king because he he told the king that it was unlawful for the king to raise taxes upon a season, without parliamentary approvals. And that is a piece of advice which the King did not like to hear. <laughs> so he dismissed Chief Justice Cook. And then um, the other factor is the English legal system with its rule of law principles and the principles of natural justice and the judgments of English judges were generally known for being learned and honest. Yeah, yeah. and one mm-hmm. of the ju- judges then whose judgment I love to read was Lord Denning, yeah, who writes oh. judgments in uh, simple English and in a very interesting way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: Uh, all right, so I just wanted to uh, ask extra questions. Uh, then, what would you say is your most favorite subject? And how did you study for exams uh, during those days?
3: Favorite subject? Mm-hmm. I, I would say um, taught was my favorite subject. Uh, I see. Oh, no. What about you? <laughs>
1: uh I would say my favorite subject would be criminal law, I think.
3: Criminal law?
2: <laughs> yes.
3: Krista, yes. uh, what's your favorite subject?
2: Uh, my favorite subject for now, since I'm still a first-year law student, right? I think uh, it would be contract law. Yeah.
3: Contract, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I love uh, contract law as, as well. Well, I think I study hard, And um, Mm -hmm. I go to lectures, yeah, but um, Mm -hmm. I took notes when the lecturer delivers the lectures, but I gain more during tutorials, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, I see.
3: Our teachers at LSC were very strict. Tutorials in a small room, I think it was Mm -hmm. there, they were very strict. They give cases to study. Cases study, all the tutorials, and you must read them. And I bet I better be prepared when I come for my tutorials. If, if I fail to read the cases, well, I'm going to get a scolding uh, from <laughs> my tutors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's got its plus side. Yeah. It makes me study. Like It makes me study. Yes, uh, and oh, for for oh. exams mm-hmm. and and I, I will I would go to the basic text like, mm-hmm. like on on thoughts. Yeah, Clark and Linsel on talks, okay? I would go to 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 the, the standard uh textbook and if it is on equity, Hanbury, pen, on on equity, so yeah. Oh.
1: Okay, thank you so much for sharing. So I guess that studying hard is uh, is how you study uh, during law school, right? Yeah. Okay. Then uh, um, we shall continue on uh, about your life as an arbitrator. Krista, would you like to start off? Uh,
2: yes. Uh, so Dr. Sri, I would like to ask, what do you think makes a successful arbitrator?
3: I think... It is the same thing as um, about being a successful judge. Eh? It's a, about uh, being patient, and you know, arbitration is mostly uh, on construction industries. So that you got to be, uh, got to try to understand. Got to go through volume, voluminous documents in every case because uh, a construction industry, you know, the the the. the, the the plan, okay? the, the design of the building and all the various correspondence between the, 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 the players, okay? the architect, the em- employer, the contractor, architect, instructor, uh, uh, engineer, consultant engineer and the Quintus uh, surveyor. So it is, it is being patient. And willing to listen uh, patiently uh, to the witnesses and to read the uh, submission by lawyers. Yeah,
2: uh-huh. Yeah, I do agree that we need to be very patient if we want to be, become a judge, an arbitrator, or even to become a lawyer, right? So, Dr. Um, really, Sri, what do you find the most challenging about arbitration? Could you enlighten
3: us on that? Yeah, yes, the, the most. Challenging thing is I, I, I've mentioned just now is going through voluminous documents. You know, if you see my office when I did uh, arbitration behind me, box and boxes and boxes, boxes of documents. Yeah. Mm-mm. And I cannot handle the case alone. I have to have my secretary sitting next to me. Okay? Yeah. Uh, who, who herself, being a non-lawyer, I've got to pretend to be a lawyer, to understand no, the documents, kan? Uh, which one are the pleadings, which one are witness statements, which one are documents, which one are written submissions. She, she also has got to, to learn. And as, a, as a, the case proceeds, hearing proceeds, and, and uh, counsel, witnesses refers to this document, this bundle, that bundle. So we have to search to search from the boxes, eh? the document or the bundle concern. So mm-hmm. it's not just uh, the mind, it also involved physical efforts.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, thank you, Dr. Sri for explaining about arbitration in a very concise way. So moving on, I, I would like to ask about your life as a judge. Yeah, so many of us have a picture of a judge who sit, uh, sits in a courtroom wearing a wig and robs, but in reality, the judicial officer, uh, office holders who live involved much unseen work, yeah, right, so uh, Dr. Sri, what prompted you to be part of the judiciary?
3: I wanted to be a judge as early as when I was a law student at the law School yes, yes, yes.
2: So what inspired you to become a judge? Yeah.
3: I think I can serve society as a judge, okay, helping to, to do justice and uh, contribute to the development of the law.
2: Oh, OK. So uh, I would also like to ask about uh, the challenges that, that you have faced. Um, during yeah being a court of appeal judge, could you like explain and enlighten us on that?
3: Ah, uh, my answer is very brief. One, yeah. the most challenging about being a appeal judge is that there are three of you sitting up there. Yeah? three, five, seven, but generally three judges, three judges, five and seven very very rare. Is so is to, you're not alone, it's not like a high court judge where I sit alone, it's quite appeal, three judges. So what are the challenges is to dissent, to dissent and to write a dissenting judgment whenever I disagree with the majority.
1: I see, uh, all right. Then what do you think uh, would be a great personal skills that are required to persevere in such Novel profession? Do, would you say that it's far more different than being an arbitrator and a lawyer? Or what makes a quality stands out as a judge?
3: As being learned, integrity,
1: mm-hmm.
3: which includes being honest, okay? Being honest, judicial temperament, okay? Mm-hmm. Judicial temperament, yeah. You must mm. control yourself, oneself when sitting on, on the bench. You mm-hmm. must, uh, you know, um, a judge must, behave like a judge, must be dignified, okay? Um, be patient and willing to hear, okay? Mm-hmm. Hear more, mm-hmm. hear more and talk less, right? <laughs> hear more and talk less. And above one, uh, another thing is being courageous. Yeah, being courageous. Yeah, yeah. To, to give a judgment even if you think that especially in uh, sensitive judgment, politically sensitive judgment, be courageous mm-hmm. even if you think that your judgment might not please the powers that be. Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, that's a really good answer. I really, really agree on regulating emotions and being courageous especially in such a uh, I would say a very difficult profession. Actually, it's not for everyone. So, uh, you have mentioned that there's like boxes and boxes of cases. You've done so many judgments before. Uh, can you share with us one of your most memorable judgments? Do you have any in mind?
3: Yes, <laughs> yes, I've uh, few memorable judgment, but you say the most. Okay, I, just, I put the, which I think the most. Okay. And. That is the case of Abdul Ghani Harun and Gobala Krishnan against Polis Nagara? Yes, oh, have right. you done constitutional law? First year, you yeah, are first year again?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm first year.
3: Uh, local or you of London?
2: Uh, local, I'm local.
3: Uh, so, um, which university?
2: Uh, University of Karamalish.
3: Oh, oh okay. yeah,
2: I've done constitutional law.
3: F- okay, uh, please, um. When you got the, the time, yeah, yeah. Google mm-hmm. this case, yeah, yeah. google go oh, this mm-hmm. case, yeah, mm. Abdul Ghani Harun and Gobala Krishna. It is in, in the year 2001 yeah? when I was at the High Court of Shahalam. Mm-hmm. It's about two particular Adilan negara members yeah? were among eight people detained by the police under the ISA. Yeah? I see the abolished again, huh? in 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was 2001. So four of them filed for writ of habeas corpus at the High Court of Kuala Lumpur. The High Court judge of Kuala Lumpur dismissed, dismissed the habeas corpus oblig- applications. Another four of them filed for habeas corpus at the High Court of Shah Alam where I was. I was the chief judge of the High Court of Shah Alam then. I heard the applications of two of them jointly, namely that of Abu Ghani Harun and Gobala Krishna. My judgment attracted a lot of public attention just during the authoritarian rule of Dr. Mahathir, known for his disdain for the judiciary. You know here, yeah, he was the one uh, behind the, the, the sacking of Tun Abbas, in the mm-hmm, Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a culture of fear then. Everyone feared the ISA and everyone feared Dr. Bahali. Mm-hmm. At the end of my judgment, I called upon. At the end of my judgment, I not only allowed the application and set them free, but I also called upon parliament to abolish the ISA, or at the very least, to amend the ISA so as to prevent the abuses by the police as happened in the case before me. For this statement, Mm -hmm. Dr. Mahathir attacked me in the Mm -hmm. media. Not directly, he never mentioned my name, Mm -hmm. but I know he was attacking me. Obliquely in the media, for example, he said mm-hmm. a judge, he said, like, uh, he said that a judge who disliked the ISA should mm. not hear ISA cases. Ah. Oh,
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so, how, how did it go then after that, like, after hearing that statement from him? How, how, how did you react to that?
3: No, um, I just ignored. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I just ignore it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in my judgment, in uh, Ghani Harun's case, I highlighted the abuses eh? in, in that mm-hmm. case. Like detainees not allowed access to counsel, yeah? mm-hmm. and detainees not allowed family visits. Yeah. Mm.
1: Would you I, say that's the most uh, controversial judgments that you've ever had in your career as a judge?
3: I I, I, do, I do yeah yeah mm-hmm. and, uh,
1: yeah
3: still on this Ghani Harun case yeah mm-hmm. I on on. the principle that all detentions uh, the principle down the principle all detentions mm-hmm. are prima facie unlawful and the legal mm-hmm. burden is on the detaining authority to justify the detention the legal burden is not, is not on the detainee to show that detention was unlawful. It's always on the detainee authority. Yeah.
2: Ooh, yes. Okay. Yes.
3: Mm-hmm. Besides this case, there are other cases. Lah. The, the other one is, uh, you, you must have heard about the transgender case.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> were you part of the, oh, how was that like? Did, do you, would you mind sharing a little bit about that part?
3: Yes. Ghani Harun was Mm -hmm. uh, on the High Court. The -hmm. transgender case was at the Court of Appeal. Yeah, Court of Appeal. So that uh, two other judges are sitting with me. So Mm -hmm. it revolved around Section 66 of the Mm -hmm. Nagismilan Shanghai Enactment, which prohibited any male Muslim from. Cross dressing from dressing cross dressing as a female, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, transgenders can. Mm-hmm. It is it is natural for them to cross dress. Madnya will cross dress, can yeah. They will mm-hmm. cross dress. They will dress as women, can. It's natural. So in the we have a uh, madnya's, uh, who doesn't harm anyone, yeah. Uh, they dress as women and they are often engaged by families as ma'andam for weddings you know yeah they will come over uh, yeah, yeah. makeup for the bride. Mm-hmm. so they are called ma'andams ah. mm-hmm. and many of them are, are transgenders yeah mm-hmm. so what happened is the islamic law authorities and eh, jabatan agama mm-hmm. They raided and arrest these many. Arrest them. Uh, these uh, transgenders. Arrest them. Uh, charge them in court. Of course, they, these they don't have anything to do uh, with the law, Okay? Uh, yeah. so they will pay the fine. They pay the fine and they are set free. But mm-hmm. a few months later, the same thing will happen. They will get uh, arrested, charged for court, and they pay the fine. And this goes on and on. So they say, enough is enough. So they engage a lawyer to fight against the authorities, against the government on the ground that section 66 is against their fundamental rights under the Constitution. Huh? like rights to life, freedom of movement, free, uh, freedom of expression and equality before the law. yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, freedom of expression they say, the way I dress is my right of expression. Dressing is a, a, a right of expression. That's a U, US, you know, case of thinker authority. Yes. And, and then right of movement. Look at that. My right of movement is being violated. I can't even go to the shop. The moment I step out of my house, the, uh, the, the Japanese government will be to get to arrest me. Okay. Yeah. So uh, right to right to life. Right to life also, also the right to live with the, the dignity the way that i'm being treated they say that the way that we are being treated we are not given the right to live with dignity so they raised these issues and and fight before the high court unfortunately at the high court they lost they lost yeah so they, the case came before the court, court appeal. you know which i presided with two other judges so uh we ex- so there was evidence before us at the court appeal. there was evidence that we saw by a, a government psychiatrist, not a private, a government psychiatrist, to the effect that uh, transgenders, uh, you know, they, they suffer from I would say the suffer, not right words. They 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 are they are encountered a medical condition, or put it that way, medical condition called uh, gender dysphoria, gender dysphoria, mm-hmm. where if they are, uh, if they uh, biologically they are female, a uh, male biologically, but inside, you know, their soul, you know, emotionally, they are female. Yeah? they are female, mm-hmm. and they consider considered themselves as female. They like to wear makeups and dress as female. And according to the doctor, medical expert, in the evidence, the government, yeah, mm-hmm. this mental condition is incurable. And it's for life, yeah. So, so we have the evidence before us. So, so we rule in favor of the transgender, you know, And we say that you know, section so six of the legislation enactment is a violation of uh, Article five, Article eight, Article nine, and Article ten of the federal constitution, yeah. So that that also that uh, judgment also uh, invite a controversy uh, yeah but it was um uh, mm-hmm. right? you can check it again uh, the name of the case is mm-hmm. now uh muhammad juzaili you can check it again muhammad juzaili
1: uh, mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing about that part it's i i'm very very amazed at how that went about. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just out of words. So thank you so much, Dato Sri, for sharing that. All right, then uh, my last question about uh, your life as a judge. Uh, what is the your most favorite part about being at the bench? Like, what what do you enjoy the most being there?
3: Very short answer is my interaction with the lawyers. Uh, appearing mm-hmm. for me. Uh, during trials or hearings, the interaction, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. hearing them conducting the case, hearing them submit, you know, asking lawyers questions, you know, that hearing them answers is the the, the 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 interaction with them. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I find it very enjoyable and fulfilling. Yeah.
1: I would agree. I I will agree, Dr. I also genuinely enjoy seeing how court proceeding goes. So yeah, thank you for sharing. Uh, all right. Uh to start, would you like to continue?
2: Uh yes, I would like to continue. So my um here's my follow-up question, Dr. three. I would like to ask a little bit about Suha Kam, since you have served as a member of SUHAKAM, right? So what are your general thoughts on Malaysian's human rights situation now?
3: Mm. There is a lot of improvements after the Mahadi era. But still, in my view, it could have been better. Yeah. The government must be sincerely committed to the protection and promotion of human rights. Be that as it may today, it is heartening to see Malaysians, hmm, especially the young ones, courageously. Hmm, courageously exiting their human rights, like freedom of speech and assembly, without fear of the authorities. They are no longer willing to be called. Our enforcement authorities, like the police, need to be schooled on human rights. Yeah. They should stop wasting time and resources by doing the rituals of taking down statements hmm, from citizens, who merely exercise their right of peaceful assembly? For example, the recent to road harke to assemble in Kedah, right? and after that the police go down and say, "Okay, we're going to take segment from, ah, around hundred which really uh, unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
2: Uh, all right uh, so yeah i have one more question actually just a general one so seems like uh, as online hearings are more common during recent times so would you prefer an online or physical hearing if you are still a judge today
3: oh physical hearing anytime
2: uh-huh so physical hearing is much more better than online
3: yes yes yeah <laughs> okay it's better yeah.
2: uh Oh, uh, all right. So, Dr. Sri, could you share with us uh, a little bit about your life after retiring from the judiciary?
3: I find uh, myself busier after after retirement than uh, uh, while well, I was still in service. Yeah. After retirement, I was uh, made to chair the committee into the fire outbreak at Sutana, I a host in jb yeah. Uh, which result in the loss of life of six patients. I took about a year or so to complete hearing uh, uh, hearing of that inquiry. Completed, uh, we presented our findings to the government and we find some issues about uh, some elements of, of negligence yeah, that resulted in, in the loss of life. But unfortunately, until today, the government is yet to release our report. Yeah, that's number one. Then, and then when um, Pakatan Harapan came into power, oh yes, at the same time, even before uh, Pakatan Harapan came to power, at the same time, I was invited. Upon retirement, I was invited to be a consultant with a law firm, Lee Hishamuddin, Lee Hishamuddin. Yeah. Alan and Gleyhill, but that Hishamuddin is not me, yeah. It's a different Hishamuddin, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> right, yeah. Then, Pakatan Harapan government came into 2018. I was uh, made a member of JAC, uh, General Commission, I'm a member mm-hmm. of uh, Suhakam. I was made to chair another committee of inquiry, a committee, independent committee of inquiry, on foreign workers in Malaysia. Yeah, we completed huh? uh, the, the the report within four months of being appointed. And likewise, same here. report, we have completed a report, presented a report to the government and the report is still under OSA, unfortunately. We shouldn't have been the case. Lah. Yeah, although, although we have made a strong recommendation that the government should make public the report. Same thing in in the the hospital uh, inquiry. In our recommendation, one of the recommendations is that the government should make public the report. But I don't know why day-to-day, both reports are still not made public. Yeah, yeah. That's how um, time is spent after retirement, all this uh, work um including a consultant ah nothing being also being an arbitrator yeah yeah uh,
1: all right oh sorry uh thank you Dr. Sri. uh given your many positions that you have just mentioned which is very very impressive especially being more busier than ever after mm-hmm. retiring as a judge uh I have a very important follow-up question for that. Then how did you manage a healthy work-life balance given your workload?
3: I think it's what what I call work smart. Work smart, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Work smart, you know, knows how to, not to waste time, Mm -hmm. knows how to Find answers and soli- solutions uh, uh, to the to issues uh, with uh, the least minimum effort, you know. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. when I was a judge, I don't read everything. Don't, I don't read everything. You 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 read only uh, selected selected things. Yeah? You have to read everything, yeah? yeah. And getting to be smart to know where to get the answers, yeah. And one thing, mm-hmm. I think your computer is very important your handphone computer a lot of things here uh, is is in the answers yeah? in here even for you as student i think you can find a lot uh, how to answer your assignments mm-hmm. uh? the answer is in the handphone okay? yeah yeah you need to know in the world uh? encyclopedia okay it's, mm-hmm. it's everything here at the tip of your fingers yeah? Uh, you you want to know uh, you have a, a legal issue scan, huh? yeah mm-hmm. you just tap tap in Google so you get hmm? Hmm. all <laughs> the all the articles huh? all the articles that need to be read again, yeah yeah learn to find to know where how to get the answers, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I see. okay, then I have uh, one small question about the JST, right. So how does the GAC uh, prevent bias when selecting candidates for the judiciary? Would you like to elaborate on that? Thats right?
3: Okay a short mm-hmm. answer eh? mm-hmm. The GAC does not appoint judges arbitrarily, yeah right yeah? but are uh, guided by certain criteria. Okay? Like legal knowledge, good reputation, good mm-hmm. judicial temperament, etc. etc. of the candidates. Yeah. And DAC uh, is free from political influence. No? And, and selection is done through mm-hmm. secret balloting. Mm, I
1: see. Okay. All right, then uh, since we are running out of time, then my last question from me then do you have any words of advice or encouragement for new upcoming lawyers or judges
3: okay a short advice eh? be aware of what is going on in your country mm. especially on the political scene yeah. mm. and be patriotic
1: oh wow uh, would you like to elaborate how we can be more patriotic
3: yes as keep, a
1: law student lawyers and judges
3: keep abreast with current affairs locally and mm-hmm. keep abreast eh? yeah so again yeah yeah how to get ready all here yes and whatever f- legal field you are in okay this is very important to you all eh? whatever mm-hmm. because you are, you are in do make an effort to understand constitutional law yeah it's very mm-hmm. important yeah and understanding of personal law especially mm-hmm the fundamental liberty provisions is important for all lawyers, important for all, lawyers. it does not only make you a better lawyer, it also makes you a better citizen.
1: Yeah. That's very inspiring words from you, Dato Sri, thank you so much for sharing that. Alright, uh, that's all from me, Krista. do you have any other questions?
2: Uh, is there anything else that you would like to uh, you would like to say to all of our listeners especially for those who are from sabah and sarawak
3: well you you all are students yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. all uh, i have this to say study hard yeah study hard and try to do well in your exam do well eh? yeah and i wish all of you all the best for the future and I, I hope there'll be many of you who will aspire to be a judge well that's my advice Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> all right thank you very much dr sweet all right so this marks the end of our podcast session Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our special podcast series with former judges. And we look forward to talking about more of the relatable and relevant Sambal Law students topic. Special thanks to our guest, Dr. Sri uh, Hishamuddin, on this episode. If you haven't checked out our previous episode, please do subscribe to us and stay updated on our latest content. See you in the next episode.
0: sorry now, that I'm a little late I apologize, that you had to wait It totally slipped my mind, I lost all my sense of time So buy me that drink and just let me think And I'll tell you the reasons why